Hey, everybody, it's John, and thanks to everybody who helps us out every week by going to patreon.com slash steal this beer and throwing a couple of bucks our way so that we can mail beers to our guests and have some fun conversations resulting from that. So uh, if you're not already, go check it out. It's patreon.com slash steal this beer. Uh, as Cass says, a little bit goes a long way, and we appreciate the support. Now, here come the sirens. Steal This Beer, a candid weekly discussion about beer, over beer, by a couple of guys that think about beer way too much. All right, hey y'all, it's five o'clock on Monday, we are stealing beer, I'm Augie Carton. Hi, Aggie Carton. I'm John Hall reporting from our Pacific Northwest Bureau right now, where every beer is a Relk beer, thanks to the Bolt Creek fire that is kind of dominating everything oh, yeah. here. The what Creek fire? It's called the Bolt Creek fire, and it's like north of Yakima. And uh, the air is just brown and kind of smells like one of those uh, cedar room saunas. It's really? It's kind of... It's kind of eerie. So 2000, there was a big Yakima adjacent fire at hop harvest time as well. Um, is this going to be a problem for the future of hops? I'm going to be asking that question when I start touring the farms later on today. But um, yeah, there's been some reports actually of hop creep, uh, of smoke taint in uh, in picked hops. And I know that there's a couple of Jersey breweries that have mentioned uh, that stuff that they got, I think a year or two ago, uh, had some smoky phenolics in it that they were uh, attributing to, uh, to the hops that they got from Yakima. Um, I, I know it's shown up in wine uh, in some cases in uh, other parts of California, but yeah, it's, I think it's, you know, climate is certainly, um, the, the growers have been talking about it for a while and water is, is key. So there's, drought resistant hops that people were talking about. There's, it's, it's, there's a lot of science and a lot of worry. Yeah. That's I, I, we've, we've had, we've sent a couple lots back not a ton, but without, you know, outing their internal politics, two of the biggest, what I think we'd all identify as hop brewers that I'm friendly with have asked to dip into my stores of, 19 and 21 hops because they found some of their 2000s unusable. After, when you're saying 2000s, you're saying of, you're saying 2020. Yeah, that's what I meant. Sorry, oh. 2020. Yeah, I was hard. wondering how do you knew about 2000s. Yeah, it would <laughs> those be 20, those 22 year old hops are really starting <laughs> to get ready for those lambics right now. You know what's funny though? If if they were mylar sealed in those bags that they'd now send all hops in, I wonder. I I, I re when I want to age hops for lambics, you have to cut that bag. That bag keeps them too fresh. You know what I mean? I wonder what what twenty two year old hops, you know, degassed and mylar sealed would smell like today. Anyway, why don't we introduce our accomplice? That's a good. Should idea. I do it or do you want to do it? We all know him. Yeah, you do it. One of, one of our all right. So our accomplice du jour is Aaron Goldfarb, who's been on the show a million times, but not in quite some time, right? Aaron, last time you were on was. 
I think it was 2016. I think I was actually co-hosting the show live from Captain Lawrence's uh, Sour. Sour yeah. Oh, I, those Tom Hall was not there. For some I reason. miss. I miss those episodes. I fucking love Sour in September. I was actually at Captain Lawrence two weeks ago just to check in. Have you been back up since then? Have you seen all the changes they've made around there? That place is is quite the destination these days. No, I've uh, had two kids <laughs> since then, so I never leave the house. Well, <laughs> you know, you know you what you tell us it. all about the playgrounds of Greater Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You, you, you can you can send us. You know, here's where the better swing sets are. But if you want to go jungle gymming. You must yeah, be. I have strong thoughts on that around Prospect Park, but uh, <laughs> your, your audience probably doesn't want to hear that. So, so when we first met you, you were a beer writer, and you were one of the few beer writers back then that that was very comfortable talking about big beer. And then you somehow kind of transformed into a spirits writer as well as beer writer, and now you're a spirits brand writer with your newest book talk me through if you see a transition here you see it as one big thing or a jump to jump pocket to pocket uh well you know, big beer gave me lots of money not to write about him anymore so that's why is I that right is that right how do i get that job yeah we talked about we talked about money not to write about beer anymore yeah is that right no, that was sure. No, I was going to sure. say, I'm hoping that he's being sarcastic, but again, still pretty early true. out here. I wish that could be true. <laughs> no, uh, you know, everyone started making hazy beers and uh, pastry stouts and fruited sours, and I decided that I like to write about adult beverages, so I switched to spirits. <laughs> I get that. I get that. That's neat. Um, so before we get too far down the path, new book let's finish checking in so the reason i think you should go to captain lawrence is because he's now added an entire spirits business and an entire restaurant to the brewery so mm -hmm. you can go up to cl still drink grown-up beers he's still got the best culture around um yeah. and then you can get some boozy boozy action and some foodie <laughs> action which is coming from new jersey where all of that would be preposterous to consider yeah, I was I was super psyched and impressed to be there. But I so, like that yeah, you're just so, now traveling to breweries just to get mad. Well, I don't breweries. intend to yeah. get mad when I walk in, but then I go, "See, <laughs> fuck!" I swear to God, every time I walk into an out-of-state brewery, the first things I say are, "See, fuck." Um, anyway, but so let's let's finish catching up. Last time you'd been on, you'd gone through a pretty traumatic heart episode, which you were coming through well. And I assume since now we're on to kids and still writing, we've gotten through well. But let's let's package up all old business checking in with our old friend aaron before we move on to new business anything there to report capture on anything you've picked up in the life since the babies and the health scares that we need to know about no i got COVID a few times but my uh my heart survived it so i know i'm uh, strong and healthy that's very good do you got COVID a few times yeah i entered the pandemic with COVID. well done sir like, yeah Knocked it off quick. Everybody's always considered you a a a a trendsetter, groundbreaker, trendsetter. Thank you, John Hall. Yeah, good for you. Right. But you're yeah. feeling all right. You're feeling good. You're feeling strong. You're 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 out there getting things done. <laughs> mostly, yeah. I feel I feel I feel mostly strong. And I'm happy. I, I you know I worry about poor, friends. Poor I worry about friends when they get scared. It, anyway, all right. So let's move on to this. Aaron just sounds like he just wants to go take a nap. 
That's he wishes he that like, he could have this 45 minutes for just quiet and yeah. reflection and and instead he's out here talking about books all right well, so you here's, know, my, here's her go on no i was just gonna say my family's at the grocery store i could be in bed doing the crossword in a quiet place, but <laughs> i love you guys so much that i'm Aww. doing your show well thanks for coming out all right so this is both praise and criticism but only criticism from my old man learning disabled eyes so a couple weeks ago, month ago, two months ago, you put up an image on your Facebook page of what I now know to be the bookends for this new book. And it is some yeah. of the coolest art and graphics I've seen. And before I knew that, I was like, how do I get a copy of this print? I want to wear it as clothing. And we had some funny back and forth on that. And then for the first time in the history of Steal This Beer, Kennedy tried to properly prepare me for the show by sending me a PDF of your new book, which is what you're here to talk to us about. And the problem is with just the way my brain and eyes work, all I keep looking at is the art. I've literally done no reading. I open up a page, I zoom in, I try to read words and I keep going back to the art. The art is fucking cool as shit. So before we talk about the big picture, who this guy is, what you guys did together and what the idea is, talk to me about how that art source created and why it's much more interesting than most of the art i've seen in in you know me i collect cookbooks booze books and beer and wine books and it's fucking delightful and cool so how did that come to be how did that part of the book come to be yeah yeah my you know my, my co-writer it, 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 the book is based on steve grass's life he's the um he owns a booze marketing agency in philadelphia called quaker city mercantile and he owns a small distillery in New Hampshire called Tamworth Distilling. Um, he he uh, and what the book is partially about um, on the same week in 1999, he came up with the brand Hendrix Gin and Sailor Jerry Rum. And then he was off to the races in the booze industry. Now he's had, he's been doing the design work, his team at Quaker City Mercantile for um, Hendrix Gin uh, among zillions of other booze brands since you know the the 90s so when we got the book deal he said you know i'm not going to let your typical people do it my team's going to do the design work and something that's pretty rare in book publishing they said knock yourself out uh so we had full control over uh the design work uh thanks to uh you know running press's credit and uh yeah i think uh they did an amazing job his uh his lead art director is this guy ron short who's been with him, uh, again, I think since the early 90s, maybe late 80s even, doing booze bottle designs, you know, ad work, pretty much anything where an image would be needed. I mean, he even designs, you know, the coasters and um, matchbooks if he creates a new new brand, which, uh, you know, I'm sure Augie can appreciate because I know design work is big for, uh, for uh, Carton. But yeah. yeah, I think it's an incredible looking book and uh, they did a great job with it. It's not your typical, uh, often boringly designed yeah, um, it's, book. Yeah. So I'm sure I'm sure if I get the book and read it, some of this will be discussed and revealed because how could it not be since that's clearly what it does. More Sailor Jerry than Hendrix. I associate that brand with imagery. Um, you know what I mean? Like when I think of Sailor Jelly, I think of a series of pictures I've seen associated with Sailor Jelly. Hendrix, I think of cucumbers. I don't know if that's intentional or not, but Sailor Jelly, I really do think about the art. And so 
I just I it's weird for me to be captivated by art. You know me. I love art. I'm not saying it's not, but I'm never like, oh, I want to read that book because the image, you know, judge a book by its cover kind of thing. Does he talk about which yeah. leads do you guys talk about which leads the chicken or the you know the horse or the cart on that kind of art for that kind of branding idea? Well, I mean, yeah, he you know, part of his thing is he thinks it all uh it all goes together, it's all important. You can't have a great brand without great design and if you don't have a great liquid you can't have the great design doesn't matter um the reason you might think sailor jerry is more art driven is because it was inspired by the life of the tattoo artist i don't know if you know that um, i didn't know. steve steve very smart there was this guy sailor jerry who was actually a teetotaler believe it or not and he was <laughs> like hawaii hawaii's top tattoo artist in you know post-war america when he died, I guess in the in the '90s, I think um, Steve uh, Steve bought his IP for like ten thousand uh, dollars, <laughs> pretty cheap, you know. Right as the real tattoo boom was about to happen, and so William Grant and Sons came to Steve, said, "We need a spice rum brand to compete with Captain Morgan," and so he very savagely sold the IP back to William Grant and Sons and created Sailor Jerry with it. So that's so, why so, for, for a bit more than 10 grand, I imagine. Yes. Yes. Is this the time? Is this the time when when like everything like Von Dutch and all that, where everything was like some kind of set tattoo imagery? Was this just part of that time in late 90s? Yeah. You know? Well, so Sailor Jerry's protege was um, who the hell is that guy? Uh, Ed, um, Ed Hardy. Ed okay, Hardy, so yeah, Ed Hardy chose not to hold on to Sailor Jerry's IP, even though I think he had the edge on it. Um, you know, Steve knocked it out of the park with his uh, Sailor Jerry IP, and I believe that Hardy did go on to create Von Touch, which uh, yeah. I'm not sure right. how it did, but yeah, it was that era. So it was all, you know, all kind of from that same time when 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 everybody was doing it all for the Nookie and t-shirts absolutely yeah baseball caps were never worn brim forward (laughs) um all right when people could not find where their car was dude (laughs) god (laughs) well done well done it's like we practiced that everybody had one ready good job team Aaron. welcome back i missed you man all right so we should do the thing let's do the thing um what brings us together on Seal the Spear is a candid conversation of beer. What it is, not what we thought it would be. What it's doing, not what we had to do to get it. And what it tastes like, not what we were told it would taste like. To facilitate that, we drink blind. Um, in this remote version we've been doing for the last couple of years. Aaron, you've been on the show enough to know the regular routine. But the new routine is Kennedy goes down to his bodega, procures us some libations, artisanally foil wraps them in the greatest recycled aluminum available in the greater Brooklyn metro area, ships them around the world. And we pour from those obscured vessels into our black glasses. You are also blind now where you used to be the person supplying the guesses. So this will be new for you. Um, Are you drinking out of, can you see color? If so, keep that quiet. We suggest coffee stuff but whatever just you know john and i are still in our black glasses and blind 
Um, and right now, I think only Kennedy knows what's being drunk. So here. Cass is blind too. He's got the beers. Cass, you here? Yes, sir. Hey, hey what's up, Cass? Did he is. say hey to Aaron? What's um, up there, Goldfarb? Uh, all right, so so let's just dive into beer one. Aaron, are you drinking it yet? Do you are you ready to no, start? No, I have no. I love it right catch up a little. All right, yeah, so you start sipping so. on it. We'll start talking about it. Cass, you want to go first? Uh, yeah. Uh, first, first beer of the day. I feel like I usually either have one or two before the show. So, um, <laughs> I'm glad to, glad to kick off with this one. Um, it, it was refreshing too. uh, just, just the first couple of sips getting a lot of a uh, floral note. Um, I, like a, it's kind of a grapey, grapey thing. I don't, I don't know what that is, but that's that uh, grapey thing I talk about. Yeah. You said it before me and I'm about how, ha- I mean, I just, poured the rest of the can into the glass too so i'm drinking it rather quickly it's definitely uh evolving with every sip too but um <laughs> i want to say it's some, some sort of imported lager that's for sure uh i just can't put my finger on it Check oh it's German. definitely no it's definitely a martin it's a hundred percent right it's i mean think about it think about it you had that grapey thing a little bit of brownie thing super clean fermentation ends on that kind of you know, soft water pillowiness, right? As soon as you said Martin, I did get a little roast kick or something in there, but oh no. Kennedy Kennedy's in a rut. Either that or Kennedy's bodega was decided that Oktoberfest is actually a holiday. And this is like our fifth early morning brown lager to start a set a Sunday of this I, month. I think the fourth out of the last five beers, yeah. You're right. Have been Martin's. Yeah. That's <laughs> the season now. Just, just I agree. It's the season. It's not a rut. It's not a rut. It's just season. But, but I feel like our last show were four of these back to back. Well, they identified as different. Um, although I did finally find and get excited about what was the the Zwickle last week. I really uh, liked the yeah, Urban Chestnut. Yeah, that was. I guess, I guess that I guess that's not a Martin, but let's face it. I had their Martin <laughs> uh, earlier this week at the Blind Tiger. Really? Yeah, that's right. I saw. I see you sent that. You sent a picture of that. Yeah, I did. Not to me. Yes, I did. No, I wasn't looking. Um, <laughs> Goldfarb, you think I'm? You think I'm in safe water here? Calling this thing a Martin? What do you get? What do you get from it? I'm not getting the full roastiness or maltiness. It um, it is soft, a little too soft for me. Um, in terms of what I like about it. Um. I don't know. Is it a fest beer? I know those are slightly different, right? I've got more sweetness than I would associate with a fest beer, right? Fest beers yeah. are really just fest beers are really just over five percent hells, right? Mm-hmm. This this one's got so almost sugary sweetness to it, which I think is, I think it's a fermentation profile plus the sweetness that Cass and I are identifying as kind of that Concord grape note. Yeah. Um, and I get that often on loggers. It comes up on the show all the time. All the Paul, time. you've helped me with this before. What are you what are you getting that we're not saying? So last night, uh, I was at Chuck and Nut Brewing Company, uh, uh here in, just south of Bellingham, Washington. Uh it's a great lager brewery, obviously. And uh I was drinking their fest beer and uh uh I was I was enjoying it so much that the package <laughs> that Kennedy sent out with this week's beer remained at the brewery 
And so uh, I'm just nursing my Holiday Inn Express coffee right now, listening to some world-class beer audio reviews. But Wait, you, you know, don't have the fucking beer? Every, they, are, they are within six miles of me right now behind a locked door at a brewery. Wait a second. Kennedy got the beers to you in... I, I dropped the ball on this one. <laughs> Wait, Damn. someone posted a picture of this, John. That was me. That was me last night when the UPS man showed oh, up. I, I was like, I was I like, I haven't that. ordered shit. And I was just like, what is this? <laughs> and sure enough, it was I, it was a package from Kennedy. And it I really, that was yeah. really so, uh, Justin, you can take the uh, the shipping and beer cost out of my out of my allowance. <laughs> okay. And uh, John, I am uh, but honestly, good. honestly, you know, it, it was the best plan, and you flawlessly executed it. And I was drinking. Uh, Ron extracts uh, wild uh, uh, concoctions, and I was drinking uh, uh, lots of Oktoberfest, and uh, they make a really nice light beer, light light lager. And um, yeah, I just uh, when I woke up this morning, I was like, "Fuck!" I was supposed to get a package from uh, from that guy Spencer, wasn't I? <laughs> and then I logged on to this early. What's that? It was even there a day early. So. Man, I, bully! I know this is we're we're. We're missing valuable time for Augie to talk about the beer. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. We don't need to keep focusing on. Me I've talked about it, I so I will, I will write the set. I will write a sentence. Cass will write a sentence. Golf, I'll write a sentence. And I guess all your sentences. This is a great beer to get wrong. Yeah. Um, but uh, but so so for me, what's funny is the sweetness that the sweetness and softness that I think is not jibing perfectly with Aaron is kind of perfect for me as a first beer of the day. And I think, Cass, I'm wondering, since you're on first beer of the day as well, like I've finished, say, four or five cups of coffee, big plate of eggs, sat down to talk to you guys on the show. And this is really drinking like like I imagine. Like if you're a regular tea drinker that uses like honey and milk, like the, the body and all that, the feeling of it all together is kind of in that vein of drinking. And as a noontime kick to the day i think it it suits perfectly like i don't know that i knew i was a martin at brunch drinker but i think i am i sure as hell am yeah i'm drinking this as soon as i get off a flight to wherever i'm going and it's the first first stop this is the airport bar before you get to the rental car counter actually yeah it is that beer you know (laughs) If there's an airport on this continent that has a beer this nice, this fresh, and this well executed on draft, I want yeah. to fly to there. Yeah, because it's not in the U.S. So let's just be yeah, honest. it's definitely yeah. not. Yeah, I don't no. think it's even in Germany though. Like airport contracts are always the same fucking beer every day of the week, right? Like they never move. You couldn't put this on <laughs> year round. I think this is seasonal. Golfar, finish it off. What do you think of this one? I certainly don't dislike it and I, there's nothing flawed with it by any means to me. It's just not working for me right now. I don't know why that is. I haven't had five cups of coffee, but I've had three cups of coffee. Um, what kind of um, coffee are you drinking these days? Maybe that's it. Is there milk and sugar in it? Uh, I'm drinking iced espresso today, but it's black, right? Housemade. Yes. Yeah. yeah okay. right? It might've, that might've caused it. Well, the reason I asked was because, I drink black coffee, so I think this sweetness is coming behind that flavor nicely. But I imagine for you that would be even more so. So it wouldn't make sense where I was, why I was asking. All right, cool. Moving yeah. on. 
So let's get to this guy. So we got to reveal the beer, man. Oh, fuck. <laughs> are you really? serious? It, it's it is an Oktoberfest, and it comes to us from zero gravity uh, and right. Vermont. Hold on, I'm, I'm opening it. I'm opening it. The gold top <clears> was throwing can't. me for for a loop because that's you know it, you know kind of gave me a telltale sign of something imported. What's, but why does it look like an Omegang can to me? What's that yeah. shit under yeah, the word Oktoberfest? You're right. Um, and and sure. All right, so there, I was looking. So on the can thieves, there's like the word Oktoberfest in a straight line down one side, and then the other side is like all the data and information. But on the Oktoberfest side, there's words underneath. Look like it's Oma Gang's branding. Ah, something lager, Martin Lager. All right, cool, nice can. Very good, um, very good beer. Shout out to Griffin and the gang over at Zero Gravity, my former. All right, co-worker. so let's let's get back to Gulfarb. So Gulfarb. <laughs> You're you're on a show surrounded by writers other than myself in the form of Kennedy and Hall, and you are definitely a working writer. You keep yourself very fucking busy. Yeah, a he's making the rest of us look bad, by the way. Very well, well, no, that's definitely uh, Chicha. What's his name or Allworth? The guys who are putting out a book every two and a half weeks. But uh, but how does a project like this come about? Does this guy reach out to you? Do you reach out to this? It is your agent or publisher or whatever put it together how did you find this guy and why did you guys end up being like obviously he's great at what he fucking does right like yeah. to have connected to have connected two very famous things to my conscience is very good marketing because we know how i bristle at marketing and i yeah. was a huge fan of hendrix and definitely respect seller jerry so he did his job perfectly but how do you two come together how are you like oh let's do this well, I think around 2017, I wrote a story about him because um, I was fascinated with him because, you know, in Philadelphia, he takes client brands or clients he works for. And these are these are giant conglomerates like William Grant and Sons of Diageo, and he creates brands for them or he, you know, remakes brands for them. You know, he had a lot of work with Miller High Life recently. But up in New Hampshire, he owns a small craft distillery whose stuff doesn't make it outside of New Hampshire. That's called Tamworth. And there he really does a lot of experimental type, you know, stuff that he likes to do that no big brand would ever allow him to do. And you've probably seen perhaps a few of those brands have gone viral. He had a a deer-infused whiskey he made from um, local deer. You know, he does pretty wacky stuff like that. Uh, but he does normal I'm stuff sorry, too. Like, like you're saying D-E-E-R, like venison? Venison. He had a venison-infused uh, whiskey called Deer Slayer. Um, was it the hearts, recently, the horns, or all of the above? I was, I was going to say, which, which part was infused? Was it, was it, was it hoof-made casks? Hoof to bottle. No. Um, no. <laughs> I, 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 if I recall, and it's in the book, I think he, um, you know, they're overrun with deer up in New Hampshire. They hunted some deer and uh, dried them out and infused uh, infused into whiskey. I can't remember the exact so thing. It's, it's turkey. Not, we're already it's turkey. drinking gin, and suddenly it seemed like a good idea. Like, yeah. let's add animal to this. Trust me, I've I've picked up a crossbow after a couple Hendrix before. I can see how we got here. Yeah, um, yeah, but he has no, you know, he's normal. So, anyways, I interviewed him, and I just thought he was a very compelling guy. We had a very funny interview that i you know called off after an hour but i could have talked to him for hours then i wrote a story about him called how to, i think it's called how do you um make your booze brand go viral or something like that and that story did pretty well 
Um, so February of 2020, his agent who I knew reached out to me and was like, would you come down to Philadelphia and meet with Steve, who I'd never met with before that time. And I'd only talked to him one time on the phone and I came down and he, uh, you know, said, I, I want to write a book about what I, I, I do. Um, are you interested? And um, they were willing to pay me to write the proposal. So I said, yes, I am interested. Um, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it, it was a great pandemic project. I interviewed him every Monday for most of uh, the start of 2021 and delivered a book by the summer. And here it is. That's, That's really fucking, cool. Very cool. So now the book... I did. I did look at what you guys, even though I couldn't get my brain to read it. But the book is broken into pre-booze, post-booze. Is that right? The two sections, or is it not booze, booze? Is it a time no, switch I, or a product switch? Well, he did a lot of interesting stuff. So 1999 is kind of when his booze career starts by designing Hendrix, etc. Before then, he was doing other brands, and a lot of them were quite interesting. He he created a cigarette brand for uh, Campbell. I mean, how often do you hear anyone talk about cigarettes these days? But he right. learned a lot from cigarette marketing because it's so taboo. You know, there's such restrictions. So that was definitely something we wanted to include. He was very early in on doing the branding work for Puma during their hottest era, kind of in the pre-sneakerhead era. But they were doing drops before drops kind of happened in the sneaker world. Again, he, he learned a lot about marketing from that. And he worked, uh, he did bumpers and stuff the very early days of MTV. So we wanted to include that stuff. But, you know, right at the start of Bart, when we say all you care about is the booze stuff, skip to page 80 or whatever. Okay. And you'll miss, out, you'll miss out on some stuff. But um, if that's all you care about, skip there. Uh, so the bulk of the book is the booze companies he's created, worked with, worked for, et cetera. It's um, tales of, you know, creating brands. It's his insight to, you know, why he thinks these things work. You know, you, you asked about the imagery with Sailor Jerry. There's a whole chapter on, um, on how the Sailor Jerry label was, was created um, for, that, for that brand. Very cool. That so cool. now you, our friend, the writer, um, I kind of touched on, you know, as long as we've known you, which is fuck 11 years now. Um, like the, the, you know I mean? I, I get it that it's still a, a, there's a through line of what you write about, but when you branch into marketing, was this because you were intrigued by the marketing or because you were intrigued by the, the liquor aspects of it? And just, you know what I mean? Cause, cause it's definitely packaged and pitched as a, here's how you market things these days kind of book. And the through line in my brain for you is liquor. Do you, could you foresee yourself writing a marketing book about a non-liquor marketer or, you know what I mean? Or is that the, the anchor for you to this project? You know what I mean? Well, I mean, until, you know, February of 2020, I could have never conceived of writing this kind of book. And it's not a dry marketing book by any means. You know, even if you have no oh, interest in it. it's definitely not. The, the right, art yeah. is worth buying it for. I'm just saying, you know what I mean? But it's... It's like if we what? go back to you writing about the next release of the, yeah. you know, the first thing I think I gave you shit for on the show is being a shill for AB. So <laughs> if we go from there to here, what is the through line in your head 
is it booze? Is it booze and, or is it, you know what I mean? Like, how does your brain get to this project? Well, because of booze is the only reason I know Steve and his agent, Claire. Um, but no, look, if, if, uh, if, you know, if, a, if a murder mystery, a true crime story falls in my lap, I'm going to write that story too, even if no one drinks in the entire book. Uh, Everybody so drinks in a true crime story, man. That's why true crime stories are the best. I know, I know. <laughs> the guy in the staircase had a great wine collection, didn't he? <laughs> Um, I, I can't see writing another marketing book necessarily with, with someone who's not in booze marketing, but hell, I don't know. What, what am I going to write? The story of frigid air? I don't know. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. I like that it came together that way. I like that you were seeking out a little booze thing and found the fucking guy that invented sailor Jerry. Um, Hey, do you guys have a second beer? Oh, do we though? Do. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Are you drinking it? I'm drinking it. It's nice. It's it's darker. Its sweetness is more molassesy than the last one, but it's definitely again Kennedy's in a rut here. This is um. Why do you say a rut? What do you mean a rut? We are drinking for the last eight shows progressively sweeter brown lagers. You think this is a lager? I don't know yet, but it's browner. It's molasses here. Do you, do, so you know, you know how what makes molasses molasses is that cooked bit. I do. It's got that to it, which I like. That that leaning into acrid, but sweet enough that you would never call it that. Note to it. Um, yeah, it has a little. Yeah. Was it sports beer? Yeah, but but I think that Kennedy already Kennedy. Kennedy led the witness by pointing out that it's clearly an ale. Sorry. But as more hoppiness for sure. I mean, I know black IPAs are again trying to make a comeback. So yeah, actually, you know what? You're exactly right. That's what this is. That's this is like it's got that kind of color note. It's good job. Yeah. So yeah, so it's got that cola note. It's got that little bit of molasses note. There's definitely I, I get pine. Aromatics. I get that, I like that like yeah. pine. Mm. Like, yeah, like Cascade. Yeah, um, mm. it's definitely not bad, but it's definitely again. At Kennedy. first, at first it was Kennedy, way too you roasty. You think it's too roasty? It, at like first, it, it was way, way too roasty. Now that I'm getting into the glass, it's 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 smoothing out and it's just becoming more drinkable. Yeah, I I think it was jarring. It was jarring at first because it was unexpected, but yeah, I'm easing into it as well. Yeah, I, I'm I'm very happy with it now, and it's making a lot more sense to me since you said black IPA. So, you know, how we've talked about this. It's probably been ten years, but there's like Cascadian dark things I that identify as whatever, and I expect those to be a lot more roasty. And then there's black IPA, which I expect to try to be a mind fuck of how is this beer black? And I feel like after the palate shift of the first sip, it really doesn't taste very dark it tastes more i don't know like 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 90 sweetness you know what i mean like 90 level sweetness and 90 level hoppiness but somehow a little darker roast you know what I mean? so instead of like munich 40 or whatever munich 80 does that make sense to you non-brewers 
Sure. No. All right. Really Sorry. <laughs> my bad. I like you. Um, all right. My bad. Sorry. I need a brewer on the show every now and then. Uh, writers. <laughs> Hall, what do you think of it? Uh, I am enjoying this uh, sparkling mineral water that I got <laughs> from Victoria, British Columbia the other day. And uh, import. Listen, listen. Yeah, Kennedy, write this down. Goldfarb, write this down for next time you're co-hosting with me and he's not here. Um, next time we travel and he tries to blame me, if I was there, he never would have lost these beers. That's probably true. You're, you have a laser-like <laughs> focus amid the fog. And uh, you know, it's one of those things that, that we all greatly admire. Uh, I just, I'm just saying, every time we travel, you somehow make it sound like I am the worst of us, and you are clearly the worst of us. You're the one making me drink John Hall. Anyway. <laughs> um, all right, so I'm happy to put this one to bed. I think, I think it's lovely. I think it's fun. I think where I would slot it in is to an older school IPA like, you know how I used to get together pre-COVID with a bunch of friends and we'd all drink beers and you kind of had to pick a groove, whether it was going to be barley wines or stouts or IPAs or whatever, because of whatever. If I knew me and a bunch of buddies were bringing out our favorite IPAs, I might try to slip this one in to shake up the world of I brought this from Alchemist. I brought this from, you know, other half. I brought this from whoever. Um. That's where I would put this is in a tasting of IPAs to show some. I like how it's definitely, you know what I mean? It's like of kind. It's like a wrinkle makes it different. It's not like a total look what I did to this one. You know what I mean? Yep. <clears throat> Skullfarb, what about you? Where are you drinking this? Yeah, I always liked black IPAs more than I guess the prevailing wisdom. And, you know, I don't know when the last time I had the one was. Well, I presume this is a black IPA. I'm unwrapping it right now. Um, yeah, I would, presuming it's not too high of ABV that would make me fall asleep while I'm at Brooklyn's finest playgrounds, I would, uh, I would, I would drink it anything. <laughs> you get a brown bag, this motherfucker? Oh, I like that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't brown bag. I, uh, you know, I just you really I drink. You got, you got a Yeti? No, COVID, COVID made public drinking amongst parents legal. So oh. you can just go drink at the playground. You just, Respect you're yeah. just out there. That out is out the streets. That's some modern living. Um, let me ask a question of the group. I guess Goldfarb primarily you, since you seem to be the other enthusiast is, well, first of all, somebody open it and tell me if it's, it is a black IPA. So this is from Allagash. This is Haunted House. They call it a, Hoppy Dark Hoppy Ale. You Dark guys Ale. loved Yeah, we beer loved that beer last year when yeah. we had it on. You know what the and funny thing is? Aged. Is this, was, this is it, fresh now? This is fresh now. You guys loved the aged version of this beer. I like it fresh. 6.6 six, 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 ABV. <laughs> six, six, Get it? Six, yeah. Get it? Because the number of the beast. Um, I'm fine with that. I, I think I think we still like it a lot. I think this I got think super too, positive but... reaction. It would have been. I wonder if Hall would. I wonder if it would have curled Hall's toes had he thought to drink it. I, um, I can. I can. I can feel it from here. So, so Aaron, do you think? Because the I do one of these, as you know, and I release it at Thanksgiving time. Is Cascadian Dark a fall thing, or is it just where it's found? It's where those of us that refuse to let it. I keep bringing it back to life, or is it just Allagash and Carton? 
Is this a fall type drinking beer? Well, uh, yeah, I think it's it an be, all year beer. But I think, you know, do, I, I feel like these fell off the face of the earth for like four years. Um, didn't Firestone Walker cancel Wookie Jack? And then that was like the end of the category. And now it seems like. But they're bringing it back into the season this year. And lost. Right. That's, that's, yeah, that's my point. It seems like it's trying yet again to come back. And I'm perfectly fine drinking it in slightly warm, slightly cool September day in Brooklyn. When, when are they bringing it back, Justin? Is I think it, in, it, I think in the fall. Seasonal? I think in the fall. Um, and Lawson's just released a black IPA. They did. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. The distribution as well. So I think we're trying, we're seeing it trying to come back i don't know i love these beers i think they're awesome yeah everybody looks to atlantic islands for inspiration yeah. <laughs> i think that's um, how it's pronounced it, it is definitely how it's pronounced but you got to do it in cookie monster rock voice um all right so let's get back to aaron it's been so long and I, we caught up on the, the big highlights so we were talking about you couldn't see yourself writing a Frigidaire book, which makes me definitely want to make sure you write a Frigidaire book. But um, but what what else what else has got your attention these days? Are you are do you see promise in like we seem to the 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 worst of the making, you know, the worst of making beer not beer seems to have passed, and people seem to be coming back around to beer flavored beers after five years of, of ice cream flavored beers. Are you seeing that? Are you feeling that? Are you excited by that? Or has, has the last seven years of beer making perturbed you so much? You don't see yourself coming back. No, you're right. Um, Yeah. The the, the beer that tastes like beer is coming back and probably uh, hard seltzer has been somewhat fended off. Uh, that looked like it was just going to be the new category and, and beer was going to be a minor category. And, you know, that, that quickly has seemed to have fallen off, even though someone can probably tell me it sells like $20 billion a year <laughs> product. Um, yeah. There's so many great places. I, I don't pay as much attention as I used to, but I walk into my local beer bar, double Windsor. I go to my local can shop, which I know a lot of those don't exist anymore, uh, 209 station. And I buy whatever beer that tastes like beer, uh, looks interesting to me. And there's a lot of good stuff these days. That's, that's, that's promising. I'm sorry, beer lost you. You're always a fun energy in the beer space, but well, you know, as you get older, I'm not like you, Augie. I can't just keep crushing beers and looking great. So I had to had to cut down and switch to hard spirits, which uh, which don't uh, put me under as much. All you need is a bicycle, baby. Um, (laughs) um, so so staying on that topic though for a minute. Oh my god, my backyard is a mess. Sorry, I just looked outside. Apparently, I had a party last night. Um. So, <laughs> sorry the about crossbow. that. Guys. Yeah. Sorry about that, guys. Describe um, it to us, Augie. Come on. What? Uh, so there's one of those tents that keeps <laughs> bugs off food. There's about three bags of marshmallows, all torn open, but not all of eaten. A box of graham crackers, probably about thirty empty cans of beer, and that many children's seltzers as well, um, and a couple empty bottles of white burgundy. So good night all around. Um, right. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, well, bro, you got to be around. Got to be in it to win it. Um, uh, what was I going to say? So, so Aaron, what, um, what, 
I get so what spirits like you were so you're aware of all the shit that goes on in bourbon better than most people I know and all that. What spirits are you leaning to that haven't picked up that weird fucking zeal that kind of frittered beer away for a bit here? What what do you think are still interesting grown up boozes? Well, you know, bourbon's kind of going on the same path beer went on just a little slower and the the the, ch- the childish palates are coming to that too um you know everything that becomes popular eventually gets ruined by people you hate right uh, <laughs> <laughs> so when you make me my t-shirt with the bookend imagery can you just write that on it yeah, <laughs> yeah. um no, I mean, you just have to admit that there's going to be whatever category you like, there's going to be a lot of terrible stuff you you don't want to drink and if the people who drink it, you don't want to like. But, you know, rum is still a category, I think, that is producing great stuff and no one cares about it, so there's no one to ruin it. Uh, brandy, especially Armagnac's particularly yeah. interesting right now. Again, no one's drinking it, so you can find great, well-aged stuff for good prices. Agave is certainly getting ruined in the tequila side by, you know, the Jenner family and others of that ilk, but uh, a lot of great mezcals uh, out there still. Um, and I know, I know America's ruining the, the agave harvesting of Mexico. So those might not exist longer. I, I, let me ask you a question about that. Wait, let me, let me dig into your expertise there. Cause I have an interesting one. So I have a friend who's, gone down i guess what you're talking about that kind of burgeoning oh i drink fine agave i mean i drink fine mezcals thing and he's he's gotten me to come along with him on a couple nights and i've definitely had some pretty lovely sipping tequilas i had a different friend present to me that that the rules on those things are not quite as strict as some of the other you know bourbon rules or scotch rules or whatever and that there's probably and could be flavorings added to these fine mezcals yeah. I'm unaware of. Is that true? Can you add vanilla to a mezcal and call it a mezcal without saying vanilla added? Probably not. Well, mezcal is one you're not going to have to be as concerned about. But, you know, try Casamigos, George Clooney's former tequila, which, you know, every white mom in, in Park Slope loves. And it just tastes like, you know, a vanilla flavored Yankee candle was melted into it, you know, but, but they see you're drinking a nice, clean, unflavored, uncaloric spirit. And it's, it's quite evident that it's just packed with, with glycerin, which adds body and thickness um, and uh, vanilla flavoring. Um, And there's no, nobody, nobody, you know, like, there's no, like, there's no, like, Mexican DOC rules or something that that can can well, make that not happen. Well, you know, every every spirit in every country has their own rules. You can add you can add caramel coloring to single malt scotch to a certain amount. You know, you you see these scotches that are as dark as you know leather, and they often have coloring added to them. Some would some say that caramel coloring doesn't add any flavor; it just adds coloring in the bottle. I, I think that's a bit dubious. How could uh, that bourbon, be true? Right, exactly. Bourbon is very pure in the sense that it has some of the strictest rules of any spirit, um, and it's harder to f around with. Uh, rum's a total mess, depending on the country. Uh, the one nice thing about agave is they have to put what's called the nom on it, N-O-M, 
so you know where it's produced from. So even if The Rock or Kendall Jenner makes uh, tequila, they can't just say, you know, I'm, I'm actually making this myself. You can just look it up where it was actually produced. So that's a nice thing. And then there are a variety of websites for both rum and agave, which you can look up that tell you how much sugar's in the bottle using, you know, I guess they use hydrometers or whatever would, would test the whether the sugar level's acceptable for such an ABV so they could guess whether sugar was added. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of funny business in all spirits. I don't need to tell you that. No, I, I know, but I, I for some reason, because... I don't know, because of wood and time, I, I just, I, and because I guess bourbon's the one I'm most aware of, I just don't think about people doing that in that space. You know what I mean? Like, you know, Jesse, my old partner, has Interboro these yeah. days. And yeah. I know how Jesse's making his whiskeys, and I think they're fucking delightful. And they don't they're need good. any of that. They don't need any of that shit. And he's doing it in four-year turnarounds and neat old combinations of wood. So I don't know why I just, you know what I mean? I, I guess I assume the best in people. That's a mistake. So let me ask you a question. You just said a thing I didn't understand. So I grabbed a bottle of tequila off my shelf, and I'm looking at the big yeah. sticker on it. You said the nom. What am I looking for there? Look on the back of the bottle, all the way at the bottom, small lettering. There should be N-O-M, and then probably four numbers. Okay, I'm looking. It's a whole bunch of words. This is where my eyes fell. N-O-M, 1596. Yep, 1596C something something, N-O-M. That's what we're talking about? Okay. Yeah, so what then there's that, a website. What does that mean? There's a website, Tequila Matchmaker. So you look up any nom and it will tell you what distillery it's coming from. And then you can look up literally everything else being made at that distillery. So if you look up like a Casamigos or the Rocks tequila, you might see a bunch of incredible tequilas you already know being made there. So you go, okay, this stuff's probably pretty legit. Or you might see, you know... <coughs> all of the Kirkland signature stuff made there. And you go, okay, this place is just cranking out bulk stuff for people to bottle and put their name on. Mm -hmm. All right. See, see, this is why we have to have you on the beer show so I can learn better tequila shit. Thank God you came well, around. This is great information. I have a friend in my life who's trying to convince me that Kirkland tequila is as good as Azul. And I don't know enough to have that fight yet. And I don't. I love that you're ready for it, though. I mean, it you know has what? to happen, I, right? If there's never that kind it. of market anomaly, there's never a six dollar bottle of something that is equally yeah. as good as a ninety dollar bottle of something. They're, they they may not be worth that spread, but there's there's never like oh, two buck Chuck is actually as good as Domain Romani Conti. Eat all the dicks, um, right? <laughs> but but. But I, I had no idea that there were actually information sources out there to uncloud the cloud that was just thrown on me by these discussions. Thank you, Aaron Goldfarb. Anyway, what well, else do I need to know, know before we let this go? I mean, tequila people are crazy, and I'm sure I fucked up something that I said, and I'm going to get all sorts of hate now for it. No, nobody listens to this show. Nobody listens to this show that isn't just a smoked beer guy. Okay, good. <laughs> You're safe. I tried my best, tequila people. Give me a break. Well, you taught me something. I now know what a nom is, and I can search noms and learn things, and then I can be a know-it-all on this and really condescend at the next 
yeah. next You're afternoon regatta. Thanks, Aaron. Ridiculous. Yeah. At my next. When we go up to, we're talking about, we're kicking around the idea of going up to Cass's for a lakeside day. I'm definitely going to collect four different noms from the shelf <laughs> and do a tasting yeah. and see if see if Hall can identify the nom blind. Yeah, Great. steal um, this nom. Exactly. <laughs> steal <laughs> this nom. <laughs> Value added. Thank God you came on, Aaron Goldberg. Um, all right, dude. So, Kennedy, our next episode is a letters episode, so I'm not going to ask you to give us a letter unless... You have one. We kind of have one that's relevant. So you Aaron's to... general insights could help with because if yeah, so, I'll read it real let's quick. Read that. All okay. right, cool. So this is from our friend Tim H. Oh, hey Tim. Well, our, our executive producer. Our Tim executive H. producer Tim H. Are the only person that's ever produced on this show, Tim H. <laughs> Go on. All right. He says, as a craft beer curmudgeon, I find myself increasingly confronted with a cacophony of cans covered with art and little readable information. Not, not carton, of course. Oh, of course. Carton, of course, yeah. Uh, do you care to comment? Kudos if you read this without crumpling under the complexity of cleverly chosen. <laughs> he just got his MMC on, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, too much art, not enough information. What do you guys think? I'll agree with that 100%. Yep. It's, it's maddening. Yes. I. <sighs> It's maddening if I want to get in and out of a store and I don't have the time. I, I, I'm always up for trying something new, but if I have to be grabbing cans, be, you know, as I'm getting older to tiny print um, and, you know, it just, I'm going to reach for something that is familiar or easily identifiable as a style, as opposed to <laughs> it, find the hidden pictures kind of, kind of art. It's also got to be frustrating to the, the uh you know can store owner when i'm opening the fridge every five seconds because i have to twist and turn cans to see if that cool looking can what style it is yeah which is really annoying yeah and then also a lot of the time and i mean you know i'm not going to go against somebody's art but if it's this you know bright tropical looking can and everything and then it's a barrel aged barley wine it's like well i thought maybe that was going to be like a guava sour um, that exists as well, where the, the label has a disconnect, even aesthetically, from what's inside yeah. the can. Yeah, and I think that goes back to the branding we're talking about with Aaron, right? So, yeah. And I would also, I would also say to brands, please quit putting unicorns on cans because my daughter makes me buy all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Your house is um, so filled with glitter beer. That's right. Most of them are pretty good, though. I will say that she has good taste. Yeah, she knows what she's doing in the unicorn beer world. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I will only say, because it's always my job to go against it. I understand the discussion. I understand the argument, but I'm going to phrase it as an evolution and a thing. So what I think he's talking about is what I refer to as the 6,000 brands that are just copying other half these days. Um, other half was the first to do that. I think in the terms of other half, they have a language that they translate on that can that if you speak other half makes sense to you and you have no issue. And you know, if you know them, what their DDH means and what their oak cream means and what their blah, blah, blah means. They give you the important hops. They do a thing that makes sense. So their, their data is translatable in 20 words or less. So the whole rest of the can can be art. And then I think you have a bunch of people trying to benefit 
from association with that brand they've done such a good job developing. And I think that's what's frustrating people. That being said, I see it as perfectly fine for that Ouroboros of that world eating itself in as much as remember when we used to fight about DDH and I was like, you're not doubling anything. You're just saying it's a late hopped, sweeter IPA when you write DDH on something. Well, that's become what DDH means. And now I use it when I'm trying to translate that. I'll be like, write DDH on it. They'll know exactly what we mean. When you make one of those cans, you're saying we're just copying other half. And if you're somebody who wants to try something like that, go right ahead. And if you're doing that type of can and not just copying other half, you're fucking your marketing. Um, but, you know, the best of those people, Trillium, Monkish, you know, they all have different cans. And then there's the downline, oh, we make hazies too. Look at our can. And I think they're just hoping you'll grab it, almost mistakenly thinking you're grabbing another hat. Uh, but I think the benefit of the consumer is when you see that can, you can assume it's that kind of beer. You can assume it's a citra hazy, Conan, sweeter IPA. And all you need to know is the ABV. Does that make sense? Sorry to be so cynical, but that's what I see when I see that wall of cans. I would say Other Half does a great job of describing what style it is, everything else, even if all the labels are the same. You do a good job right, but, describing. But what I'm saying is they're so good at yeah, I know what they've been doing for eight years is if you speak it, you just need those nine words from them. Yeah. Whereas everybody else, it doesn't, you know what I mean? There's not a consistency of, there's not, what do you, what do you writers call it? A style guide? There's not a mm -hmm. style guide. Yeah. So that like there is a style guide to that language at other half and there isn't anywhere else and they're just like put these words on it it works for other half does that make sense yep yes it has always bothered me i don't know if i've ever talked about this on the show but when i was trying to identify a oat heavy grist with some lactose in it i was calling it lact hyphen oat lact oat ipa and they went with oat cream ipa and theirs is such a better marketing term than mine that I've yes. always regretted it. <laughs> I was like, oh, I should have thought of that. God damn it. Why did I say lack of oat cream is so much smoother? Anyway, <laughs> that's, you know, that's what you do when you're trying to figure shit out in parallel. Anyway, there's your answer, Hitchens. I hope it helps. Thanks for producing so well. <laughs> um, what else? So, Aaron, did you you got to talk about that? Is there anything you want to? We ever say the name of the? I don't think we ever said the name of the book. Oh fuck, we suck. Aaron, what's the name of your book? Go ahead, Aaron. Say all the shit you got to say that makes this worth your valuable time. Oh, thank you. Are people still listening after that railing. Uh, brand mysticism, and here's the subtitle. It's a good one: cultivate creativity and intoxicate your audience. <gasps> I see what oh, you did there. There it is. Uh, I know. All right, man. Thanks for coming out. I do miss you. Come down. Let's drink together when you can get away. Cass. Um, yeah. Yo. Cass, do our part where they give us the money. Yes. Uh, Patreon.com slash steal this beer. Uh, donate to us. It does go a long way. Uh, and thanks to all of the Patreons that are kicking in already. Uh, we, we love you. It's, you know. You can't say that enough. Really follow is. us on all follow us on all social medias at steal this beer and see what we're drinking on untapped. I think oh yeah, write us letters. We need you a few. Say Pache Libro yet. 
I said all the social medias, they're all the same. We're easily found. We we run that shit. So um, you know how simple I am. I look for cues. And when you say Face Libro, I know it's almost my turn to talk again. <laughs> all right, y'all. We appreciate it. Go for it. We love you, man. Thanks for coming out. We'll get you, you again soon. It won't take Cheers. five years again. Get at us, y'all. <laughs>